there, my friends, and welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I'm delighted that you have reserved this hour to spend here with me. I always love joining you and finding out what's on your mind and what you like to talk about, where you would like to get some guidance. I am your writing coach. I am here in Seattle, Washington. But guess what? I do travel. Those years of us being locked down, tied down, masked, those years have all been part of our past now for for just the recent past. And I'm now going out and doing VIPs with people in the U.S. So, for example, I have one coming up in Santa Barbara. I have another one coming up in Tampa, Florida. And I would love to offer a VIP to you. If you have a writing goal, usually it's a high goal, something with a book or a TED Talk or a new release, a new edition of some sort, a whole new branding idea. Maybe even you're you're sitting down and picking out your next publisher. Whatever it is, if you would like some serious one-on-one attention where we just put our minds and our eyes together to speak new life into whatever your creative project is, I would love to talk to you about a VIP. More about that later, but you can always write to me. My email is Debbie, it's D-E-B-B-Y, Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. It's really easy. Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. You just send me a letter. Let me know what you're up to, what you're creating, and where you might need professional coaching. Today, we are going to do what I love to do at least once a quarter, and that is we're going to hold office hours today. I like to take your questions either because they're coming through on the the website and you're sending me questions or on the email, you're sending questions, or maybe you called my hotline. Or maybe you were in a class. Maybe you even called in to the radio show while we were locking up and shutting down and turning the lights out for the day. And we just didn't get to have your question on the show. Office hours, like I said, I do it once a quarter. Office hours lets me collect the questions that have been coming in and offer coaching right here, because what I find is that there really isn't anyone that has such a unique question that they are the only person who will really be fulfilled with some sort of answer. Most questions that come in have been asked again and again in different ways because they reflect the human condition. 
especially when we belly up to our desk and we get ready to write or we're standing backstage getting ready to go out there and share our speech, whatever the thing is that you're getting ready for, you probably have a few questions. So I always welcome, send them to me and I can respond to you right away. But I might take those questions, bring them here to the office hours and carry on just a little bit more because I'm guessing there's a few thousand people listening that if they had written in, they would have the same question that you're dealing with right now. Like I said, I always use your questions and anything that I've recently attended as my inspiration here for office hours. We're going to talk to Jessica and Kyle and Leslie and Dawn, and we'll just see if anyone else wants to get in a question today. If you'd like to call and have live coaching, the number is one 298 5569. You can also write to me, Debbie at coachdebbie.com. Again, Debbie is D E B B Y, Debbie at coachdebbie.com. And once again, the phone number, 1 888 298 5569. We don't tend to get very many callers, and maybe that's because I'm a writing coach and people think to write, but I am grateful and I am really happy for all of you that write in. It really, really helps me know what is top of mind for you and how I can be most helpful to you. I want to tell you about a little meeting I was in today on Zoom where my mentor, he said this quote. I thought this was really interesting. He said, I don't know, where did it go? Oh, yes. Is the juice worth the squeeze? (laughs) Is the juice worth the squeeze? So think about this. You're sitting down with your Florida oranges and you're getting ready to make yourself a nice, fresh glass. But, you know, it's not just half an orange that's going to get you that tall glass of orange juice. It's going to take quite a few oranges. Your hand might tire out as you're squeezing all that wonderful Florida orange pulp and juice into your glass. So, is the juice worth the squeeze? Hmm. A creative type is going to tell you that this is where they get stuck. They don't know if the thing they're trying to create is really, really worth the effort or the physical endurance required or the time or the planning. This is just really, really common. Whenever we're creating something that comes straight from our own creative juices, we just don't know 
are we really, really going to see the benefits of all this? It's something that scares most of us into resistance. But my mentor spoke about Florence uh, Scoville Shin. And I don't know if you are familiar with this writer. She wrote The Game of Life, uh, just a tiny little book. And I want to say she wrote it about, gosh, I don't know, 80 years ago. It was a long time ago. Really great little thin, tiny book. I have it on my desk. And it's one of those where you can just open it up, read a page, and glean wonderful advice. But here's something that she said basically in the book that would be a response to is the juice worth the squeeze or is my creative energy worth all that I need to do to put into my project? Her line is, if you're going to struggle to give, you're going to struggle to keep. In other words, if you're really, really going to struggle, take the path of struggle to be creative, you're going to really struggle trying to stay on that path of creativity. There is another way. One way is to really follow what you desire creating. So for example, I recently at a book launch had the pleasure to meet a woman named Melinda. And Melinda is a portrait artist. She works with acrylic and she works with watercolor. And what I found out is that not only does she absolutely love what she does, but she continues to do it after many, many years. This is the path. This is the answer. You got to start with, am I really loving this? I'll tell you this. If there's some part about it that you don't love, it's not going to be worth the squeeze. So in Melinda's case, she loves to paint. She loves to work with her clients. She loves to receive the photographs that she works off of. She loves to have people come to her studio. She loves to be in conversation about what was going on in the photograph that she is now repurposing completely into her own creative portrait. This is what keeps her in business. When you are aligned in that creative energy and you're really feeling good about what you're offering, people are claiming it, people are signing on for it, really nothing can get in your way at that point. Now, there might be this part in the beginning where the squeeze is worth it, right? Because you know juice will come, but we have to push the metaphor just a little bit, especially when we're talking about having a writing business or a creative artistic business. You have to push that metaphor just a little bit because as you're up and going, 
you might not get much juice from several squeezes. It might take a lot. And so therefore, while you love it, and if you can stay in the energy of really loving it, you're going to find that business will be at a place in which it all it all paid off. All of that wonder, all of that, mm, what do you call that when you don't yet have the tried and true you're in? Oh, there's a term for it. Uh, can't think of it right now. But it's basically that exploratory age. You know, you might be in your first year or your second year. Maybe you've put out 40 blog posts and the calls to action in your blog haven't really manifested enough earnings yet for you to quit your day job. Well, you're at a really important crossroads. Florence Scovel-Schivel would say, you don't want to be struggling at this point because it's going to keep you struggling. But it is a good point for you to look at, am I really enjoying this? 40 blog posts in, am I really loving this? Because if if it's just a little bit off, you can give a little tweak and you're right back in the game. But if you really love it and it's not yet financially supporting you, then that's that's just a truth. It's not yet, but it doesn't mean that it won't. And you shouldn't stop early. I can tell you that I have done that. I have stopped early and I have coached many people that have had, you know, past history with stopping early and they're looking for another way to go. When we are new at something, it's important to take a look and ask ourselves, am I really loving it? If you are, your prosperity is around the corner. So you might have to do a couple other things that you love or that are mediocre to keep you going for a while. But you don't want to quit something that you love. And this address a lot of questions that come into my email. When, For example, when is it time to quit? Should I quit if I didn't have a good first year? Should I get more help so I can have a better second year since my first year wasn't so good? When do I know for sure that this isn't working out for me? What if I just simply can't tell if this is working out for me? This is the verbiage that people use when they write to me. And it's all the same question. Is the squeeze worth the juice? Am I getting enough? Am I getting enough? Well, my answer to that is that at first it might feel like it's not working out. But if you can answer this question, Am I really loving what I'm contributing to? My best advice is that you stick with it. 
It is a gift to be able to do what you love. So supplement that with the income in another way and stay in the groove. Keep producing, keep doing what you love because you will find your audience. There are plenty, plenty, plenty of people that have published a book and have said, I had an okay book launch, but that first year, I didn't really sell that many books. It wasn't until I wrote my second book, or it wasn't until I started putting the link in my newsletter, or it wasn't until, in other words, Something else had to happen and they had to reconnect with how much they loved putting that book out there before it really brought solid results for them. But honestly, my friends, this is probably what what consumes the mind of at least 80% of the people I work with in the early days of writing their book, starting their blog, recreating their brand, writing that speech. This is what plays over and over and over again. Is it going to be worth it? If you love it, it will. And you have my word on that. If you love it, it will. All right, my friends, I'm going to be reading to you what Leslie wrote in Really good letter as well. Oh, Kyle's as well. So stay with me. I'm going to come right back. Stay tuned. You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence. Hi, this is Coach Debbie. You've heard my guest Clayton Olson on the show. He will help you transform your romantic relationship. And it doesn't matter if you're just getting started or if you're strengthening and developing your relationship or even if you have a desire to move along. He's not a quick fix coach. He will show you how to see your experience with brand new eyes. And the benefits of working with Clayton Olson will show up in all areas of your life, your career, your finance, your spirituality. After working with Clayton, I believe you will secure a life where love truly endures. Get in touch with Clayton Olson today. Write to him, Clayton, C-L-A-Y-T-O-N, at ClaytonOlsonCoaching.com. Alternative Talk 1150.
Story U Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in here. I'm offering you winter office hours today. This is when I look at all the questions that have been sent to my email or to the website, and I bring them together. And in those themes, I I bring you questions that have been asked and answers that I know are going to benefit you. Because many, many, many times, the question I receive from one person has a very, very similar sound, a similar tone that I'm receiving from the next person and the next and the next and the next. We are unique in many, many ways, but we also have very similar concerns. I want to take you to Kyle, who wrote in at least a week ago now, and he he's talking about something that's really near and dear to my heart because I, I think I have I know I have shared on this show that the first time I had to speak publicly. I I just about fell to my knees on the floor. I was just so, so scared. I was in a speech writing class. I was in my early 20s and I had prepared, but I had no sense of how terrified I would feel actually going to the front of the room to offer my speech. So I was thinking of Kyle when this came in and he says, Thanks for your show. I know you are or you've been a part of 12-step groups. I'm scared witless (laughs) because I've been asked to speak and I know I will pass out or die from the shakes. I can easily talk at my home group because I know the guys, but at a conference? I'm sweating just writing to you. How do you even go on the radio and speak? Like, how? I told my sponsor no, but he said to think it over, and I just want to hide. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Kyle, when I got your note, I I instantly went back to my, my speech writing class, and I just thought about how... I thought I was so prepared to give a speech. And then I got up there and I I was so nervous. My voice was cracking. My knees were shaking, everything. Now, you would think that would keep me from ever speaking again. And I'm sure I swore it off for a good, I don't know, 10 or 100 years. But there were reasons that I was called back. And I want to say, Kyle... You are being called to the front of the room. I don't know what 12-step program you're in, but you're right in thinking that I have been, and you're right in in knowing that I've spoken at these conventions. I've probably talked about it here. The the in fact I know I talked about it here and you know one of the things I remember at one of them is that I had people in the front row smiling at me. And that was a really nice piece. That 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 good feeling kicked in 
while I was up on stage talking. But what I want to help you with, Kyle, begins right now. So your sponsor has asked you to come and speak at one of the conferences. Your sponsor knows you well. Your sponsor also would never ask you to do this if you were just someone that mumbled and bumbled through meetings. You're being asked because the things you have shared have helped you, your sponsor, and the people in the room. And it's been noticed by your sponsor. And that's why you've been asked to come forward. If you can do this big piece, and I know this is big, but if you can allow yourself to think about the fact that your experience helps others, you won't be focused so much on your knees or your voice or any of that. It really takes moving out of, is everyone looking at me? Am I going to fall over dead? It, it takes getting out of the self-preservation that our mind just kicks in and helps us with unless we're really, really focused on why we're really there. And my guess is that your sponsor knows if you were to go up on stage, if you were to share one of your stories, it would impact people. People would relate to you. They would feel calmed by you. They would feel like they matter. Seeing that you went through it means that they're not some alien to this world going through things all by themselves. We need to know that others have been there too. So whatever 12-step program you're in, Kyle, you are doing people a great service by sharing your story. You're doing yourself a great service if you can go up there and remember that you are there for the people. And I'll tell you this, Kyle, by doing that, by really focusing on the fact that you are there because your story will help them, you will also get the other result. And that is, it helped you tremendously to be able to say your story out loud and publicly. I know it feels okay to be in those small rooms and those church basements and see your friends and know that they'll support you and such, but really it might be your time to just step it up, get into a higher consciousness, say yes to your sponsor, ask your buddies to go and sit in the front row Tell them this is not joke time. This is support time. If you don't think they can support you, ask someone else. But make sure that you're focused on the fact that you've been asked to go because your story matters and it needs to be heard. Remember, too, that you always get to choose how much and what you say. You don't have to share your whole life story. There's plenty of things that are personal and private. You don't have to share that. But it's a good idea to share things 
that you've been sharing with the other groups where the guys sit around and talk and help each other, those smaller settings have helped you know things you can say. So bring them now to the stage. And I promise you, you will make a difference to the people there. It's not about changing everyone's life. It's about showing up because you know your story matters. You know being there matters. It helps others. And you will feel the benefits too. You will feel the benefits. But when you focus on others, it really gives you that courage that for a lot of people that are in 12 steps, they used to call that their liquid courage. This is now the honest courage. And I call it sharing your story. So Kyle, I was so delighted to see your question in my inbox. And I think this is the first time you've written to me. No, uh, I'm not positive, but I want to encourage you to let me know how it goes and to write again. I also want to share a little something that came up when I was recently in a marketing group with my marketing coach, Jessica Riverson. She is based here in Seattle. She's a marketing coach. She also helps people write copy and create designs that really show off their brands and just put their honest message out there. I love going to her groups. She holds them online. And sometimes when I attend, she will point me out and she'll just talk up my ability to put words or an idea together right on the spot. And that always feels good. You know, when somebody notices something that you might be practiced at and you can do with ease, but they're thinking, now that's a skill. And they they say it out loud. It does. It feels good. It makes you think, yeah, that juice has been worth the squeeze. I've been I've been squeezing on words for 30 years now. You know, I've been really working at my career for some time. But one day very recently she asked me this. And she said, is writing for you something you have to do each day or does it come easy now? Is writing for you something you have to do each day or does it come easy now? So I don't know exactly how long she's been doing her own copywriting and teaching marketing, but I I do know that I have been writing my own content for 30 years in the forms of content I've been sharing. And then there's been a lot more years content that I've never shared uh, that I would just simply call a journal or letters to myself. And, and those were in very young years. I want to say that On the one hand, in the early days, writing daily gave me a place to go that was safe. And so I think in an organic way, I started to rely on the fact that if I need words 
words will come. The only reason words don't come is if my mind is caught up in fearful questioning or if I'm caught up in a situation where I'm getting competitive because that's that's just the best way to shut off your creativity is to go and feel competitive. But if I'm actually really connected to the project or to what I want to do and if I'm really connected to the person sitting across from me, then, yeah, words come easily. And no, I don't think at this point I need to be writing every day or creating something new every day to rely on that. At the same time, I I want to say this. When you give to creating a solid foundation, And like I said, I was really young when I started writing in a journal on a daily basis. I was really young when I started competing in like fiction contests and things like that, putting work out there. The the foundation, that, that solid structure gives you something to stand on, even if you haven't been adding to that foundation that that day or the day before you, it's in you you know what i mean if you play a musical instrument you know what i mean if you are a cook and and you've been cooking for others for some time you know what i mean if you are a painter you know what i mean if you're a mechanic and you have been fixing engines for a long time you know what i mean there are certain things You can count on because the foundation of your knowledge is there. The foundation was long ago set. But I also want to give warning that if you abandon what you're really good at, if you abandon your talent, you're going to struggle. And you're going to struggle in a way that you might not have expected. You're going to struggle by hearing questions in your mind that lead you straight to doubt. That's going to be the struggle. It's not so much that your words have left you. It's that between you and your words is this nasty question. Like, who do you think you are to be writing for this big press when you haven't done something like this for a year? That kind of nasty question, it'll get between you and your words. So your words are still there because you have laid a solid foundation and you come back and you write often. Do you have to do, you know, writing for articles and all of this on the daily basis in order to be recognized and on and on? I don't think so. But if you're straying from your journal, you're practicing, you're sitting across from people, you're commenting, you're reading, if you're straying out of all of these things that build your day and help you be present to your words, I'm just going to tell you, your mind is going to cook up questions that get between you 
and your ability to quickly call up those words you need and to really just be in that space where you create with ease. So I thought that was a really, really good question. We also have a question from Leslie who is looking to make money with her blog. And I'm going to get to that question right after the break. I do want to let you know before we go to the break that my Inner Circle subscription is growing. I have beautiful, wonderful people there. You can't join unless you are. (laughs) And I, I sent out some new information in my newsletter. If you want to be part of the new information and you want to join... Just go to Debbie. No, that's not right. Just go to coachdebbie.com and click on connect or just fill in the field that says, would you like the newsletter? Coachdebbie.com, D-E-B-B-Y. And I'm going to advise that you use a, a very current email because if your email has been out of circulation for a long time, Uh, your request will bounce back. I don't know why the software does that, but it does that. So use an email that is reliable or it, it won't get through to me. We've got a little more to do with our office hours today. Please stay tuned. I'm just gonna take one last break here. Be right back. You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence. Hi, this is Coach Debbie. You've heard my guest Clayton Olson on the show. He will help you transform your romantic relationship. And it doesn't matter if you're just getting started or if you're strengthening and developing your relationship or even if you have a desire to move along. He's not a quick fix coach. He will show you how to see your experience with brand new eyes. And the benefits of working with Clayton Olson will show up in all areas of your life. Your career, your finance, your spirituality. After working with Clayton, I believe you will secure a life where love truly endures. Get in touch with Clayton Olson today. Write to him, Clayton, C-L-A-Y-T-O-N, at ClaytonOlsonCoaching.com. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. 
I am delighted that you are here today. We're taking the questions of callers and listeners just like you who have been thinking about expressing themselves. And we don't have a lot of time left, so I'm just going to keep going here. We have this great question that I took from, oh gosh, months ago. And then uh, the writer uh, wrote in today and has added to it. So the original question started like this. He was, he was sitting here getting coaching and he said, let's say I write this whole book and then no one buys it. Or let's say I'm not writing. Is that because writing is not my main expression and I should learn to perform some other way? Then he asked today, and these are very good questions. Is it true that some projects may require a two or three year commitment? They take longer than your average six months. Aren't two year commitments sometimes valuable? And my answer is absolutely, absolutely. You don't want to have someone breathing down your neck doing that that thing where they tell you if you don't if you don't do this thing in eight weeks, well then it's not worth doing it at all. Or if you haven't done this thing in eight years, clearly you never wanted to do it. You you don't want to hang out with that that band. They're they're not on your side. They're really speaking to fear. You want to hang out with people that see that you are committed. So if you are committed and for some reason you're feeling like it's a two-year thing or you're feeling like it's a six-month thing or you're feeling like it's a three-month thing, that is your wisdom speaking to you. And you really should honor that, really. What you don't want to do is fall into some sort of cliche that really fast is better, or that if you haven't started and you've been thinking about it for a very long time, you're washed up. You're never going to do it. You don't want that. What I think a lot of people fear is that they they are trying to make some sort of partnership with writing and expression, and they don't know if they can really do it. They're they're just not sure. I want you to think about the idea that if you are going to write a book or a speech, I mean, think of Kyle. He's in a a 12-step group where he's being asked by his sponsor to get on stage and speak. Or think about... Think about anyone that's doing something big here. If you were in a partnership with a person as opposed to a speech or a book, you would get to know the person, right? In other words, you would, if it's a book, you would do a little writing. You would try your hand at writing. You would see how am I feeling as a writer? you would anticipate that you're going to have some tough days because, again, just like any partnership, you're getting to know. 
you're in the getting to know. You're getting to know another, whether it's a a book or whether it's a person. So you don't want to make your commitment having no knowing at all. And that includes your own needs. It even includes the long game of, say, writing, because nobody can write a book in a day. And I don't care what they say. Nobody can write a book in a day. On the other hand, if somebody takes three years to write a book, there is no fault in that. No shame whatsoever. Three years is an extraordinary time for many to write a book. You will talk to people that will tell you that it took them 20 years. Not uncommon. But you also want to look at, is there anything I'm resisting? Because if you set your goal at, let's say you set a goal at three years, is it because you don't want to get to it now and you'd rather do something like, oh, I don't know, spend three months walking around Japan and hang out with the cherry blossoms and not be bothered by writing. If that's true, then it's possible that writing just isn't something that really fulfills you, or at least it doesn't fulfill you yet. But if you're thinking about maybe a three-year goal, and it's not based on being embarrassed about starting, and it's not based in feeling rejected that everything you start takes so much time, so I might as well plan for it to be three years or five years or seven years or whatever your mind might tell you. If you can think about it in a new way, your wisdom is going to come through and it's going to say, hey, what do you think about the three-year plan so we can do X and write the book and Y and write the book and Z and write the book and it'll all come together. What do you think of that? When your brain is putting out the, hey, what do you think of this? It's usually because your inner wisdom wants your attention. When your brain is actually going, oh, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, We're not going to do this because uh, we need three years. That's it. We need three years. You know, that's more of a resistance. That's that's honestly the brain saying, I don't know enough about writing to commit. I don't know enough about my own capacity to commit. I don't know if I feel like going through whatever I'm going to go through to commit. All right. It's what we often in dating call the commitment phobe, that that warning comes down from our voice that says, hang on, stop now. You're trying to do this too fast. Let's slow down. But if instead the voice says, hey, hey, I want you to slow down because I've got an idea of something that feels good. I've got an idea of something I want. I've got an idea of something I want to explore over time. I've got an idea. I'm not really sure how it's all going to go, but I'm willing to step in, even if it's three months, 
even if it's, I'm sorry, I meant to say three years, even, even if it takes more time than the next girl, I want, I want to do it my way because that way feels good. If you're listening to that side of your brain, then you're not only squeezing on a lemon for juice, but you're going to have some high quality juice, right? You're going to be really happy with your results because you are listening to that part of you that has desire for the project as opposed to resistance. I also want to use Leslie's example here. Leslie is someone who writes into the show on a regular basis. I always look forward to Leslie's letters. She says, can you help me start a money-making blog? I love to write, as you know, but I can't see how it could make money. A few things that you should know about me right now. I've been working in elder care for many years. I also work part-time for my church and for the primary Sunday school classes. I write the newsletter for my church, and I also love to bake, and I run the church pie sale, which we are just getting back into motion now post-COVID. Does any of this stuff I'm sharing go together? Do I have any grounds for a blog? Is there any chance of me making a few sales? Or is that really something that only belongs to people with a writing business? I love this letter, Leslie. First of all, the last time you wrote to me, I went and looked it up. One of the things you said was, maybe someday I'm going to write a blog but right now I don't feel excited about it. I've just been told I should. So Leslie, I'm hearing in this letter that something's changed, that you're not in a place of should. You're more in a place of entertaining how it could work out for you. And you're entertaining that you could actually make some money with this blog. Many, 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 many people that write blogs do it in part, say, 20% or 40% in part because it is a moneymaker for them. But I want to suggest this. I want to suggest that you start to look at the thread that runs through all of this. You work in elder care and you have for a long time. You work for your church part-time. You work for your church in these different capacities. You even bake for your church. You write the newsletter for your church. What I'm hearing, Leslie, is that you're someone very active in community. When when you allow yourself to see that thread, or if there's a different thread I don't know about, then you start to hone in on how your topic is going to help others. So just for a moment, I want you to think about the fact that you are a person dedicated to community, whether it be elder care, whether it be K through six Sunday school classes, 
whether it be the community coming to the pie sale, whether it be the readers of the newsletter at the church, these things that you shared with me, these are all things that are community oriented and you are the central glue system in this. So I have no doubt that you have plenty to say about community, about how maybe it's changed your life, enhanced your life, things you've learned by being in the community, maybe a call to action to your community. Just starting with these things are going to help you see how you are going to start to make some money with your blog. At the end of your blog posts, you can have a button on your site that links people to something that you are selling. So for example, you're already selling pies at the church sales. Link it. Link it in your blog post. Get more people coming out. If those sales all go to the church, what do you want to direct in your blog so that sales start coming to you? Maybe you want to share some of your recipes. Mm -hmm. I can't see how people, when their eyes are just focused in on your pies and you say, I am selling this recipe of my, you know, beloved pie from the church. I'm selling this recipe for whatever price. Click here. People are going to want that, especially if they are already a part of the community that you love so much. So for example, maybe you want to sell your most famous pie recipe and you have a link for it, and you give the tiniest bit of proceed, maybe 10 or 20% to that elder care that you're affiliated with. People love that. They love knowing that not only did they download something that's going to benefit them, but it's going to benefit you, and it's going to benefit a cause that matters to them. And Leslie, we can talk about this so much more, but I am grateful that you wrote in again. I'm always happy to hear from you. For our listeners, I want to encourage you to sign up for my newsletter and join the Inner Circle subscription. It's only $37 a month. Tomorrow, we are meeting on a Zoom call. It's not too late for you to get involved. Just go to coachdebbie.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. Sign up for the newsletter, send me a note, do whatever you'd like, and we will be in touch with each other. I'm delighted you joined me here today. Please tune in next Thursday. And until then, namaste, my friends. 